Welcome to Digging the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways of bringing these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the Online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and Space to Meditate and an MBSR teacher and trainer. Well, hello there, John. How are you? How are you doing? Doing okay. Good to see you, as usual. We're covering an important topic today for any number of reasons, and you know, we could we yeah. could call it self-serving, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, the Buddha himself started this way with with lay audiences, so why can't we, right? True enough. Uh, yeah. So you're probably generosity. yes, exactly. Generosity, which is the first of the paramis, the perfections of the heart. Which was a later teaching, but but uh, it, you know it allegedly was always the first thing that the Buddha taught, and of course his community survived on the basis of generosity. Well, um, right, there wouldn't have been a sangha, monastic sangha, without it. Right, and the the sangha itself expressed generosity through their teaching and and through their presence, um, right. and you know so it's it's a on that level, it's a, a very clear practice. It's not a tit for tat, but you know the 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 sangha of monks really needed the basics to survive. What's interesting to me is that it's not it's not framed in early Buddhism as a an exchange. You know, you would think, right. you know, that it would be framed as an exchange. Okay, I the the lay people provide food and shelter, maybe and and clothing and medicine and. The, and in exchange for that, the monastics provide the teaching, but they don't they don't frame it like that. No, not at all. It's not like what do they call it in the papal circumstance? Uh, buying per, ah indulgence indulgences, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's never it's never. In fact, I've heard people give dana talks where they they speak about it as if not not as an exchange, but you know, it's like the you know, if you give now, something will come out later. And you know it'll yeah. it'll pay off later, which is in itself questionable, I think, as a as a comment. Except that it is karmically good, you know. So it does have an impact on one's karmic because it's a it's a beneficial action, and it's also a very serious mindfulness practice. So I think that if one treats it as a mindfulness practice on both sides, actually, both in terms of giving and in terms of receiving then it becomes a really interesting part of our practice. And I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, and it's that it's both sides, giving and receiving. I, th I think I recall a lot of, I mean, when I was, I remember in our classes, sometimes people would say that they have trouble receiving generosity. And I think that, you know, I, that sometimes resonates with me as well. It's, it's, it can be just as hard oftentimes to receive generosity as to, as to provide it. Uh, we just don't feel like we're, worthy of whatever generosity we're getting. And so we feel kind of, I don't know what you would say, ashamed sort of, or just sort of wrong about receiving something on, being on the receiving end of, of, of goodness from other people. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's a practice to be able to receive that. And, yeah. and, you know, in a way, I mean, whether it's, you know, something, even just a compliment, you know, how do you receive a compliment? How do you receive praise without taking it in? Um, yeah, and 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 holding on to it as if it's something you know that is about you. 
Um, and, and, and that's, you know, where it can get really sticky on the receiving end. Yeah. And, and at the same time on the giving end, that can be ego driven. You know, it's, it's yes. in, the, in the sense that, oh, I'm going to give all this money and I'm going to get credit for it, or I'm going to be treated differently because of it. And I, you know, I know, uh, in my experience as a teacher, when I'm teaching on the basis of Donna, you know, sometimes in a, in a, in a retreat or in a class, if the class is being done on Donna, uh, on generosity, then if I know, you know, someone is a, a, a of higher value financially, you know, has, has more income or whatever is it has, has given before I have to, you know, one, you experience in the mind, the thought arising, Oh, I should treat this person differently, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, realize, no, that's actually not, <laughs> not, it's completely inappropriate. Right. And in fact, I remember, uh, there's a teaching about the Buddha and Amsran saying, uh, advising the monks to go to the houses with the least first or something mm. to that effect. Yeah, I think, I mean, as I recall, I don't remember exactly where, if I've read this in the suttas, but I remember hearing it, I think it from Bhikkhu Bodhi or somebody that, and he probably read it in the suttas somewhere. He knows them much better than I do. Um, but uh, that the, the monastics were not supposed to, take any favor for which house they would go to. And it was considered, I think it's considered even, uh, it's like one of the rules, actually, I think, in the in the monastic rule book that you're not allowed to sort of post yourself outside the, the houses of the people who provide you the best food, you know, and then just sort of avoid the other ones. You're supposed to go to every house one by one, you know, in whatever, whatever order you're, I mean, I don't know that it, you're supposed to go to the bad ones first. I think you're just supposed to not care. It's, you know, right. sort of, whatever house is first, you go to that one first and the next one and the next one. And you're not, because otherwise, you know, you end up hogging the the good food from the best houses and and the and and it within early buddhism and this is also an interesting sort of i guess cultural thing is that the the monastics are not expected or even supposed to thank the people for the donations because it's really the monastics are providing the opportunity for the donors to gain to gain good karma that's the way it's sort of viewed so it's almost like the donors are supposed to thank the the monastics for for being able to donate, which is very interesting. Yeah, and culturally. In fact, you know, when I teach about Donna, one of the things I suggest to students, and you may remember this, uh, one thing, and I learned this, I think, from my teacher, and it's easy because you know I live in the city, right? So there are often people asking for money. Um, it's a little harder where you live, and maybe where a lot of our listeners live, but. You know, put a dollar in your pocket or 50 cents in your pocket, whatever you can afford a quarter um, and give it to the first person that asks. And when you give it, thank them. Right? So it's, a, it's the same thing. You're thanking them for the opportunity to be generous. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's really interesting. And even if you don't have anything to give, at least give your attention. Don't ignore them. Yeah, I think that's really important is that I, uh, and also kind of a revelation for me when I was learning about Donna, probably even from you or from somebody else at, at New York Insight or wherever it was, um, this idea that we should really frame uh, generosity. Donna is the poly word for generosity, by the way, just <laughs> for those who don't know, to frame it as something more than just uh, giving money 
right? Because you sort of think, especially in a big city, that you know you're you're sort of bombarded by uh, people requesting money, f- you know, for all kinds of worthy causes and so on. Not just not to mention individual people on the street, but that that Donna is much more than that, and and can involve things, uh, uh, physical things like food or whatever, but also can involve uh, just being kind and nice to people and, and providing them the generosity of your time or your attention or a smile, a good word. Oftentimes people feel a little bit taken aback or whatever worried, concerned by genero- the idea of generosity because maybe they don't have a lot of money or they don't feel like they can afford to be generous. But there's more ways to being generous than, you know, than what you can afford. That is monetarily. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can be generous. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind and not to think of it as simply, you know, money. <laughs> Although that's part of it, but it's not by any means all of it. Yeah. And and clearly, you know, <clears throat> if we lived in a time where we could receive food from others, <laughs> You know, yeah. that would be a, a way of expressing it. But, you know, because of where we live and how we live, you know, currency is the currency is, in fact, you know, often money. But you're right. I mean, volunteering, uh, just attention, giving one's attention yeah. um, is a is a generous act. And and frankly, as, as we tell our our morning sangha often, it's like just being there. <laughs> is a generous yeah. act, you know, because you're supporting others by your presence. Now, what's really interesting in the practice as a mindfulness practice, I find, is when the opportunity arises to be generous, paying attention to what is either allowing you to be, what is, you know, making it easy for you as a person, or what is what is the obstacle that's getting in the way? Are you expecting something in return? Uh, or you know, are you just giving for the sake of giving? And, you know, without any expectation. In this country, of course, many, certainly spiritual institutions and uh, cultural institutions depend completely on the generosity of their patrons. Uh, and as, and you know, as we all know, I mean, public radio, public TV, you know, they're always like finding premiums and and benefits to, to provide. And, and that's fine. And it's great. You know, on the other hand, is that really why you're giving, you know, do you need to be encouraged? Is the tax deduction essential for you? I mean, the tax deduction in this country only impacts you if you're deduct, you know, if you're, uh, you know, filing deductions, but, but um, it's there as an option. And what, what is it like though, just to give with no expectation whatsoever? And just check that out. And even when you're, yeah. you know, even even as we were talking about, when you're walking down the street, say in New York, and somebody asks you for money, and you don't have any money, are you, you know, what's keeping you from giving that attention, for at least acknowledging the person and saying, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have anything right now. So you know, this is all part of the practice of generosity. Yeah, absolutely. And I know. From, I mean, from the other side is, you know, with my Patreon or, or, or buy me a coffee here that we have on the podcast is trying to, you know, trying to figure out what kinds of enticements will, will interest people and, you know, 
that we can, you know, that we can provide that'll make, you know, because it's, it's funny because for my entire life, I've been sort of looking at the other side of this of people asking for money from various wonderful, worthy organizations. And then they have these little perks and, you know, thinking, as you just said, do we really need the perks to do the, to, to donate? But on the other hand, you know, look, you have to be a little hard headed about it and say, you know, there are a million places asking for, for donations. So, you know, I'm going to choose this one because, okay, this one, I mean, they're all worthy, right? I mean, I'm not going to, you know, that's the problem is that there are too many right. worthy, worthy options out there. And so you end up choosing based on, okay, what are they going to provide me in response? Is it something that I really would like to have or could use or, you know, whatever. Um, and so it's it's just sort of interesting to be on the other side of that right, now, and sort of right. think of it from from the other person's angle. I'm yeah, like, what I provide that would. And, and 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 so now we get into a little bit of self promotion, and it's okay. We're in the middle. Of, you, know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, so we have this when we set up our podcast and and realize, well, we should really try to find ways of bringing in some money to pay the costs. Uh, right. That you know we set up this buy me a coffee page which I had never heard of until I looked at other <laughs> podcasts and I thought, well, that's cute. Cause we both like coffee. And then of course yep. we decided, well, okay, if we're going to offer membership, which, you know, commits people to a month, we need to offer them something in return. And it was only like, I think a few weeks ago when you said to me, Oh, you know, we have to, pro we have to provide something to our members. You know, we've, what did we, what did we offer? You know? <laughs> <And> so <laughs> we looked back and thought, Oh, right. You know, you got, a yearly check-in with me or you you get to ask us in a private session you know anything you'd like dharma related um yeah and uh there was one other thing good karma um because <laughs> uh, of that saying right <laughs> yeah exactly so um there was one other perk for oh, you know, donation the, a discount to my all right a discount for, to your courses of yeah, course so yeah. so now that we have a few members it's like we have to remind you guys that we're still putting this together and we're, we're trying to figure <laughs> yeah, out to figure how to make out. that work. I mean, uh, I think this podcast is coming after the one uh, we did with Sorrel, which, you know, basically is, she was our first monthly member. So we realized we had to offer her the ask us anything. And then we thought, what a great idea. Let's put this online if she agrees. Or let's put it, yeah. let's record it for a podcast. And it was sure. one of, it was a great podcast, actually. It was so, a great podcast, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's our plug. There's no tax deduction. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, you're, you're helping us keep this this podcast going. And Yeah, and if there are things that you want that we don't offer, let us know. Yeah, we're up for, for suggestions, of suggestions, course. Suggestions, sure. Both in yeah, terms yeah. of topics, but also in terms of perks, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and but it's it's interesting to be on this side of it and try to figure out what what people might want. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe we'll start making T-shirts because I kind of like our logo. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> it is a nice logo. <laughs> it's just that then you have to like take care of selling it and or, or sending it and all of that stuff. But which isn't out of the question. But we're not there yet, folks. Um, yeah. So eventually, maybe. Um, and and now if we get back to the. <laughs> the depth of, of this practice of dana there are other uh, I, I tell this story and this again was an exercise that my teacher matt gave us and i think you've heard this story doug but it's you know he said take a check don't fill it out put the amount in but don't fill it out who it's going to 
This is back when we used to write checks. And when you get a solicitation in the mail, regardless of who it's from, that's who you send it to. So I did that. And the first solicitation that came in was from the NRA. Oh, gosh. And I thought... <laughs> I was going to say that that might happen. <laughs> and I, first off, I was trying to figure out how on earth, why do they have my address? <laughs> and then I figured that out. It was like they had obviously, I subscribed briefly to a motorcycle magazine that clearly sold them their list because I guess some motorcyclists, not this one, you know, are gun are gun carrying people too. So that kind of ticked me off. And then I had to I had to rationalize my way out of actually writing the check because it was they wanted me to become a member. And so that's not exactly a donation in this case to an organization like that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's still an, you know, it's like, where does your mind go when you receive a solicitation? And that's a really important place to look uh, and to investigate and, and see what plays out. Um, and also just really acknowledging as you are giving that what you are giving wasn't really yours in the first place because, you know, from a dharmic place, you know, everything is, is kind of in process, is passing through. But that thing that we are giving away is somewhat illusory, is a construction in its own sense. And, you know, we're just offering it on for, you know, whatever purpose it's going to be used for next. Well, and the whole... The, the teaching of not of non-self of not not mine not I not myself yeah the yeah. first one of those is sort of trying to let us understand the illusory nature of ownership of you know and so yeah uh, being generous is is one uh, it's, it's sort of funny it's the first of the Buddha's instructions but in a certain way it's getting right at the the depth of the teaching of yeah. leading you on towards an understanding of non-self. And learning to let go. Yeah, exactly. Let go of attachments. Mm -hmm. Another another way of practicing that, at least in the imaginal mind, is thinking of the thing that is most dear to you. Not a, I mean, a, a material thing, not necessarily a person, right? A material thing that's most dear to you. Could you give that away? You know, and and with the thought of giving it away, what arises? And then if you really think about it, give it away. But, you know, it's like if it, it's fascinating what the stories the mind will come up with, in a sense, to keep to keep holding to something. Right. Um, that kind of practice is a really good sort of way of confronting our own mortality, you know, and the idea being, I mean, I know from my parents who were uh, luckily still alive, uh, but are in a stage where they're, you know, sort of giving things away and, and asking us, what would you like, you know, <laughs> if you want something, take it, you know, kind of thing. And of course, there are a few things that they, they don't want to give up yet, but it, certainly they understand that eventually they will. Um, right. And so, you know, we don't have kids, so it's, it's sort of for us, for me, it's sort of thinking on the other side of that of, okay, this is temporarily mine, quote unquote, but eventually it'll be somewhere else uh, if anybody wants it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that whole, well, the third, fourth reflection about all that is near and dear to you will be lost. Ah, yeah, of course. Horrible, you know, and, and some people find these very um, difficult, by the way. Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. And that one in particular, because you're talking about people as well as things. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I think it's interesting to, to I mean, I, I, I remember recently, well, a few years ago when a dear friend died, suddenly I went with his family to his apartment to start, you know, cleaning it out. And um, there was a lot of stuff that had to be, you know, given away, basically. Yeah. Isn't it nicer to give it away while you're still alive? But of course, we don't know when when our life will end, so we we hold on to things. Yeah, I had the good fortune because my mom lived so long that uh, we were able to kind of unload most of her things before we moved her into an assisted living, and then you know eventually to hospice. And by the time she died, there were only a few pieces of furniture that we had already kind of taken care of that we had either taken ourselves or sold or just given away. And, um, it just, there was, there was such, that was so easeful, but, but that's rare. I mean, that you have that kind of, uh, and this is sort of veering into another discussion, of course, around death and dying, but, but it's all related because, you know, when you think about giving and giving things that are dear to you, in a sense, it's, it's a, it's getting ready for that. Right. It's almost practicing for death. Yeah. Um, And uh, because death is the ultimate letting go, you know, when it comes to letting go of something material, it's just practice. No, yeah. here, take it, please. <laughs> and, you know, that's a, that's a very uh, powerful practice and important. Yeah, and, and the other side of it, uh, which I think to, to – uh, make things a little happier is that it it uh, it eases us. It really does ease the mind to to lighten our load of things that we have to take care of and worry about and all the rest. And I mean, that's just we're talking about physical things, uh, but generosity in the broader sense um, has been demonstrated psychologically to be one of the best ways of making yourself happier and overcoming mm. depression. Uh, one of the ways of sort of getting out of a depressive, I mean, it sort of seems contradictory almost, but is to volunteer, you know, go out and help somebody. Uh, you just do feel better about things afterwards. You feel better about yourself. You feel better about the world. It's just a very uplifting thing to do. Uh, and I think, I think oftentimes we may think, consider, you know, generosity in the sense of volunteering and so on as sort of a burden. And it does take time. I mean, it's you know takes some effort, but uh, on the other side of it, you really do feel feel better about things than than you did when you were going into it. I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and it's like <clears throat> when you say it seems counterintuitive to to do it when you're depressed. I, I would also say that you know when it when it comes to giving away something material, particularly money, I've often found that when I have the least amount of money, that's when I want to give the most. Mm. Um, and I don't know where I got that. And it's not that I always do it, <clears throat> but it's almost as though the karma of giving will, 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 the karma that arises from giving will, will come back in other ways that are, you know, that is equal or greater than. Yeah. But again, you know, there's that little tinge of expectation, you know, and so you have to kind of, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. never know. Yeah. It's an important, important practice. Um, 
as, as we said earlier, it was the first thing that the Buddha taught, allegedly the first thing that the Buddha taught to his lay, his lay community. I mean, he, well, we see it in all in a lot of the suttas that he, for, you know, he talks about yeah. when he's in many of them. He said he starts with generosity and then goes on to ethics and so on. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, there's some Buddhist communities that that's their whole practice. There's this uh, particular Chan community in Taiwan, actually, where you know they they've raised an enormous sum of money, which they give, you know, out on a regular basis to, you know. The worthy causes, and you know we've Bhikkhu Bodhi's global yep. uh, Buddhist global relief, yep. you know, um, is giving to organiz- uh, women around the world and, and dealing with hunger, and so it it's this chain. It's it's like you know you 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 give and you don't know where it's going. Yeah, I think um, we can leave a link. Something to, beautiful about that. Yeah, leave a link to Bhikkhu Bodhi's um, yeah organization that, in the notes. Yeah, good idea. Global global relief. It's a wonderful organization, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Important topic. Well, you know, good to practice and feel free to become a member and buy us a coffee and we will generously uh, continue our support for you yep. and your practice. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for listening and, and tell us your stories Yeah, about generosity. That would be really, you know, interesting to hear where it's, how it's played out in your life. Yeah. Great. Thanks, John. Thank Wonderful you, discussion. Yeah. And until next time, keep digging the Dharma. And uh, we look forward to being with you next time. Next week. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider leaving a review on your local podcast directory. It would help us out a lot. You can check John out at johnaaron.net and Doug at Doug's Dharma on YouTube and his Patreon page linked in the notes. You've been listening to Diggin' the Dharma with Doug Smith and John Aaron. Thank you.